church includes people, but he's coming back for the body. The body of Christ. Okay, and there is a definition of what they look like. Amen. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 tonight. And um, uh, I'm excited, you know, um, as the Lord put it on our hearts to be able to mentor and spend time pulling people's gifts out. Um, that's one thing that I enjoy the most about the ministry is pulling gifts out. The hardest part of the ministry is seeing gifts and potential in people and they never reach it. That's tough. When you see the potential in an individual, a gift that the Lord's placed in there, and you want to cultivate that out so that God can use it for His glory, uh, and they, um, they disqualify themselves or uh, they don't finish their course or whatever the case may be, they just don't come up to the potential. Uh, I like what one minister said. He said concerning Billy Graham, he said Billy Graham's probably won about a million people to the Lord. And that sounds great, and we get excited about it. But if the Lord knew he had the potential to, re to win three million, then he wasn't very successful. Amen. Now, that's not to say anything wrong about Billy Graham. I'm just saying God knows the potential he put in the man. And in our uh, standard, a lot of times, we look at things and we think, oh, that's great, they're doing great things, but what if there's something greater on the inside? What if there's more potential there that needs to come out? And we don't ever want to stop the, the flow of God out of our lives to be used by God. Amen? We want to be able to be used of God all the way till He calls us home. Amen? Or we breathe our last breath, and our last, last breath ought to be, um, I've fought a good fight, I've ran my race, I've poured out my life as a drink offering. Amen? I've got crowns set up for me because um, the Lord's done something great in my life and um, I've followed Him all the way through. Amen? And so as a result of that, you know, we want to finish our course. We've made these statements before here down in St. Augustine, but they'll bear repeating tonight, and that's this. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. Okay? That's tough. That's tough. Okay? Um, man, I hadn't said them so long, I might have to think of them all. Um, the greatest challenge in life is knowing what to do. That is the greatest challenge. We've got to hear from God. Okay? The greatest mistake in life is being busy but not effective. That's the greatest mistake, is to be busy but not effective. And the greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong assignment. Amen? To be successful, but in that which God never called you to do. That'd be tough. I mean, can you imagine standing before the Lord, and you said, no, Lord, didn't I, and I did this, and all this, and the Lord said, I didn't tell you to do none of that. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Because God knew us before we were even in the earth. He had a plan for us. And in that plan, He says that, before my days were, you already had them numbered out. Our job in this earth is to find out what God wanted out of us. When we come into a relationship with Christ, you know, what we've done is we've kind of downplayed this message concerning our king, and we've reduced it to a person who died on the cross, rose from the grave, and we just get connected with him so we can go live in heaven forever. When the truth is, it's a king over a kingdom that has an assignment for his kids, and he wants us to get into the kingdom first, and then he can lay out your assignment, place you in the body where it pleases him, and you actually accomplish that which he laid out for you before even one day 
you were before you were born, before even you had a day, he already had something planned out for you to discover it. Man, that's powerful. And so as we're searching the Word and we're following God, what we're doing is we're trying to find the path that He set before us. Amen? Because He's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He's got a purpose and fit for us. Amen? And we need to recognize that because the Lord has a path for this church in this city, has a direction, has a way to go, has a place to send it, has people to influence, have people to see get born again and come into the kingdom, have people to deliver, marriages to restore, people to be healed, demons to be cast out. Of people walking the authority of God. Hallelujah. He has a destiny for this place with you. Amen. And I'm excited about that. Because when I was in church this morning down in St. Augustine, and I kind of look around and we get excited as the auditorium continues to fill up, I think right here, and I look at this, and I come in and see this kind of construction, because we in construction, I don't care how big we get, we can always be doing some construction. And I come here and I think, I remember when the church was like this over there. But through perseverance and knowing the will of God and standing and, 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 and doing that which God's called us to do, and we're still operating in that, it keeps getting added to, we we doing things, and we keep growing. You know, I'm just thinking about praise and worship. I said, because it was going on this morning, I thought, there was a day it didn't sound like this. There was a time we didn't have this many people. There was a time that we hadn't had this kind of influence. But because we knew we were called and people came and connected and stayed connected, as a result, we've gotten somewhere in seven years. And there's still way more places to go. Amen. More places to, to overcome and conquer. Amen. It's just the beginning. And now we get to reach out. I mean, I was happy to hear after service today, pastors of uh, Arnell and Vanessa, in our Anchor Faith Church in Puerto Rico, in Umacao, they had their first service this morning. Amen. And 11 people were there. Amen. Amen. Isn't that exciting? I mean, we're a part of something big. We really are. And, and, and here's the good news. You're in the ground floor. But there's something the Lord wanted me to say. I was actually, um, I, I've been pretty, uh, I've been running pretty hard uh, the last few weeks. Uh, there's been quite a few things going on just in the ministry in general. And um, I, re- I hadn't had a day off in, in quite some time. I know two or three weeks at least. And um, so I had to go down to Miami uh, Friday to pick up Pastor Pedro, uh, a minister we support. And um, there's some things coming down the pipe for some uh, work we're going to do there um, with him. And another minister or another uh, ministry organization in Nicaragua. So I had to go down. I went down to Miami to pick him up, me and a guy from our church, because he can interpret, because Pastor Pedro, all he does is speak Spanish. And so we came back up. Amen. Uh, about about as much as he can do is God bless you, that's right, and um, God bless you, my brother, and good morning. And then, mucho thank yous. He says that. And um, But he came up to the church, so we were on the road Friday and Saturday coming back, and God's just doing things, you know what I'm saying? And we're, we're running, and I, and I told him, I said, well, now tomorrow I'll have service in the morning, and then I have a leadership meeting, and then I'm going to Valdosta to be our last service that we're doing there for we're passing everything off to Pastor Mark and his wife, Ashley, and they're going to do a great work there. And then, you know, I'll be back. And so, you know, I've got all these different... i got to preach Sunday morning there, and then I have this leadership meeting I have to have. And so last night as I was meditating, the Holy Ghost, just that quick, quicken my spirit, man, and say, say this tomorrow night. It was that fast. I mean, I went to, I mean, I got this message in three seconds. That's it. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen? 
I mean, the Lord just, bam, there it is. I said, I, I got it. That's it. I got it. So this is a word for you tonight because the Lord wants to do something great in Valdosta. Amen? Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It said, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, and, uh, Moses, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Verse 3. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the uh, land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea, towards the setting of the sun, will be your territory. Verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I read this, I'm going to focus on a particular passage of Scripture tonight for us to be able to go forward, and then we'll kind of carry into some of the other uh, this evening. But he says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua. Okay? He spoke to Joshua. And notice the words that Joshua heard from the Lord. This is a profound statement. You ready? The first thing he said to Moses, he, or to Joshua, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's powerful. But I want you to understand something. That is significant. That is very significant. And Anchor Faith Church, Valdosta, needs to hear tonight that Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, what do I mean by that? This is what the Spirit of the Lord likes to say. Some of you, in fact, probably quite a few of you, there may be only a couple, um, you know, and I can't say for sure, obviously, but there may be a few that in times past, maybe you had your first experience with God in this ministry. But probably a lot of you have had an experience with God outside this church, which means you had a Moses somewhere. You had something you were following, someone else you were following, someone else was leading you, somebody else was telling you the direction to go, was following God, and you were submitted to that. And you followed that. And what happens across all kind of churches is the Lord's actually trying to get them to a Joshua that he wants to have that man arise and take a group of people into a promised land, a, plan, a land flowing with milk and honey. But people keep forgetting that their Moses is dead. In fact, they keep going to their Joshua and say, yeah, but Moses didn't do it that way. Now, when I was with Moses, Moses, no, Moses, your servant is dead. Listen, Ed, this is what the Lord's saying to you. Every past church experience you've ever had before today, you need to go ahead and just let it die. You need to let it die. You need to let every experience die. You need to be able to say, I am on board here, and I'm ready to cross over in this place. 
You hear what I'm saying? Because a lot of churches are hindered in growth because people come and bring their experiences and try to move things in a direction that really isn't the direction it's going. Because they keep trying to hold on to a dead thing. You know, people, well, Pastor, I know when I started the church down in St. Augustine, I had people come. They were very experienced in the Word. I mean, they genuinely loved God. But they said, now, when we were in this church, we used to go down to the altar and people would pray for each other. And they wanted me to do that all the time. Well, Pastor, I think you need to give more time for the Spirit of God to move. And I'm thinking, you don't know what we need because the Lord's told me that we can't do this movement of the gifts of the Spirit because we have all that stuff happening in this town already and people are shacked up in homes and won't come out to meet with God because they they don't know the Word. And the Lord's told me to preach the Word right now, and then those manifestations are going to come later. And if you'll just give me some time, you'll see those manifestations, and you'll see those things because the Lord's going to cause those things to take place. But right now, He said, preach the Word. And so we just press preaching the Word. Now, you know what? They didn't make it. Sat down in my office and told me, one of the gentlemen sat in my office and said, Pastor Earl, I realize you're not... Brother so-and-so, which was a former pastor. You're right, and that pastor is not your pastor no more. They moved to another city, and you're sitting around in your old manna trying to get it back to that season when God's in this season because He's a God of I Am, not a God of yesterday. Now, He is in yesterday because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't get me wrong, but God's doing something now. He's an I Am God. And so many people won't bring me their manna full of maggots and talk to me about what they want to see done when the Lord's doing something right now. They want to tell me about all their experiences, but I don't see that fruit in their life right now. Why? Because they're living in dead things instead of noticing my servant Moses is dead. Now get up with this one and let's arise. Let's arise. Let's go somewhere right now today. Let's make a charge. Listen, I'm not going to be here next Sunday. I'm not going to be here. You're following the wrong guy. I'm not here. This is the man, him and his wife. They are ordained by God. They have been commissioned by God to be in this town for such a time as this. They're not me. They're not Pastor Brian. And they're not any former pastor you ever had. Those servants are dead. It's a new man to arise to be strong and courageous and lead this thing. And I'm going to support him. I'll say, what are you doing? What's going on? Talk to me. And I'll be a sounding board for him. But the decision ends with this guy. Because it's all, when I walk out this door tonight, something's going to happen to this man that has never happened in his lifetime. Never happened in his lifetime. And no minister can do this for anyone. You can't prepare them. You can't train them. You can do nothing. Because it only comes when the weight of the church actually hits you. Because up until this moment, this man and this woman does not know what it means to be the final say in a ministry and have the weight of the whole church on their back. And you can't prepare that. You can't feel it when you're in an associate role. It don't happen. Because, you know, if it goes bad with the children, Pastor Earl be there. If it goes wrong, Pastor Earl be there. I mean, if it goes wrong here, Pastor Earl. But, you know, when I walk out that door today, it ain't going to be Pastor Earl. It's going to be Pastor Mark. Now, he can come to me, but ultimately it's right here. Because, see, I left Pastor David, and Pastor David didn't come to St. Augustine, and I could refer to him. I can refer to Pastor Daryl Huffman, but they don't, they're not over the church. I am over that vision down there. Amen. So the people got to get up and arise with me. We're going to be strong and courageous. We're going to take some land. This man's come to take some land, him and his wife. Amen. So Moses is dead. So all your experiences with any other leader need to die tonight. They need to die. 
You need to make yourself fresh and new with someone that has a heart to carry this place. Amen? And it's a daunting task. Make no mistake about it. In our society where church life is so horrific, I mean, more, more places have the word church on their building. There's no more church of God than the man in the moon. It's horrific. But I'm telling you, God's raising up His church. Because He said, I will build my church. He's a part of that. You're a part of this. And you're going to be a part of that church. That church is going to demonstrate the government of God, the kingdom of God, the lifestyle of God in the face of everyone else falling away. You're going to be that remnant. Amen. You're going to be that remnant. Because you're going to stand up and arise tonight. You're going to say, I'm going to back, get behind this thing. I'm going to let every experience be dead to me. I'm not going to go back and live that. Yeah, you can go back and look at faithfulness of God. I'm not saying that. Because there are some things you're going to hold on to that came from somewhere else. In no place, and and let's go ahead and look at this. He said this. He told him, he said, now listen, every place that you put the sole of your feet, I've given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. Which means there are some things that have been spoken to Moses that is truth and still will come to pass. Do you see this? He said in verse 7, only be very strong and courageous. He said, be careful to do all of the law, uh, according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, from the right or to the left, so that you may have success. And wherever you go, what I'm saying is there may be some minister or some leader you've had prior to this moment that they spoke the word to God to you, and that word's truth, and you can still act on that. But they're not leading you anymore. So the word they imparted into you, you are to follow that word if it's rightly divided. Because I'm going to tell you right now, maybe some of those ministers might have told you a word that was based upon tradition and not the Bible. Because I can tell you right now, one of our key tests when we started Anchor Faith Church down in St. Augustine was Matthew 15.3. Why do you forsake the commandments of God for the sake of your traditions? Because there's a lot of things in churches that are more traditions of men than the Word of God itself. And we, go, we, are, we are diligent to go line by line by line by line by line so that we prove without a doubt from the Word, letting the Bible interpret itself, that this is what God's saying. I'm in our seventh week of a study on my church down south in St. Augustine, and tonight I talked about, this morning I talked about the tithe for the first time. It took me seven weeks to prepare them just to hear that Word. Amen. That way when I say it, it's without a doubt, tithing is still in the church today. Still there. And we only got halfway through today. We'll go ahead and finish it out next Sunday. Amen. And then we'll continue on with some other things concerning my church. You understand, it's we're that delivered. We pull so many Scripture to show people real clearly, this is not traditional, this is not anything, but what is God saying? And we want to observe closely what the Word of God says. Amen. And you want to know whatever you've been spoken into your life that is a truth and you can hold on to it, great. Because he's not going to refute a truth. He'll support a truth. It'll come in through this ministry, truth. But whatever's not truth, you need to lay that down and accept truth. Amen? You see what I'm saying? So yeah, you can look back on the faithfulness of God. You can see what God's done in, in your life according to His Word. And you can move forward. But you've got to, beyond that, you've got to say, this is where I'm hooked up. This is where I'm connected. I was excited to see that vision partnership class. Because that's what's happening. It takes every one of us to accomplish something great. I mean, Pastor Mark loved him to death, but he sure wouldn't have put them walls up by himself. It just wouldn't have happened. He don't, he, it's just, it hadn't been around it enough. But I guarantee you now, you do it enough, you're going to learn how to put up walls. Because I didn't know how to put up walls seven years ago at all. But I know how to do them now. It looks like y'all put them, what is that, 24 on center? 
That's not 16. Yeah, 24 inches. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm not in construction, but you see what I'm talking about. I, you, you know, you build a few walls, you move a little bit, you start to learn stuff. Uh-huh. Amen. I was telling Ashley, I said, I do half-inch sheetrock on this thing. She said, don't talk to me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So I went in there and found Pastor Mark. I said, hey, man, I do half-inch in there. Would you think so? Because we got five-eighths inch. And now, see, we're talking with pastors. We preach the Word, and we're talking about concrete, sheetrock. Amen? Why? Because it's necessary right now for us to accomplish the task. That's what's necessary. You see, if you will go ahead and lay aside all those things previous, don't take any... Um, I've seen more and more people derail because they've gotten attached to personalities. They've gotten attached to certain people and stuff, and they can't go on with the next... My gosh, man, I thank God that you know these two gentlemen here weren't attached to the personality of the youth pastor in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, who was there 12 years before I showed up, that they weren't so loyal to his personality that they couldn't hook up with us. Amen. I'm glad they were loyal to the Word and wanted to grow in the Word. Amen. And we were able to go from there. See, that's what you have to do. You've got to recognize, man, God's called me to this place. God's got a purpose for me in this place. And you know what? Uh, that which was before me can just prepare me to hook up here and move forward. It's time for me to rise. And I'm telling you, you want to be on the ground floor. Because when you're on the ground floor, you understand two, three, four years from now, and you keep growing with the ministry now, I'm telling you, the Lord will put you in places, use you in some great things, because you are faithful. Faithful. And I'll be honest with you. You know, Pastor Brian, he's left a, he's left a great word here. You're going to be able to run with that, but he's not here no more. And we got to go on. We've got to move forward. Because I can tell you right now, he's moving on. And he, he's come to me in some of the parts of the transition, and he's talking about, I said, you don't, you're not over that church no more. Don't talk to me about that church no more. Don't talk to me. you got nothing to say. This is where we're at now. This is what we're doing. And we adjust. Why? Because if you keep holding on to a past... You can't go on to a future. You've got to press on. You've got to rise. It's time to get up. These people have been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years waiting to get in somewhere, but had a bunch of stubborn, stiff-necked, rebellious people that wouldn't let them get in the first time, and they're waiting for them to die off so they can get in. And Moses disqualified himself from taking them in because he struck the rock twice instead of speaking to it, and he had to die. But he couldn't do it. And as great as Moses is, Joshua's the man to lead the nation. I'm telling you right now, you knew when I came here in January, people were saying, there's no way, Pastor Earl, how is he going to do this? You know, you'd be surprised what the Holy Ghost let me do, but you're right. I wasn't staying here forever. I knew immediately there was a transition going to take place, but we're going to keep the light on, and we're stronger today than we were when we came. This church is stronger today than it was when we came. It doesn't diminish the words always been here since we got here. Make no mistake about that. But the church is stronger today and passionate today and want to see the vision of God to ignite the city, impact the nation, influence the world. Right now, I mean, it's like a buzz, man. I can hardly keep the guy in St. Augustine anymore. I mean, like, get out the house, man. Go on. I'm serious. I mean, he's eating, breathing. And I knew that God did so awesome because, man, when you start seeing your fit, you know that's where you're assigned. You want to run to it so hard. But, man, he finished the children's ministry with us. We've got a meeting this Tuesday night. We'll finish that out. And that's going to be pretty much it. Bye, bye, bye. That's it. <laughs> Amen. I believe in this couple. 
I believe in this ministry. I'm telling you, if you don't know that we believe in it, I'm, I'm tell, some of y'all just got here, but we came in in January. We believe in this ministry. We believe in the people in this town. We believe it should be here. Never once did we ever think, shut it down. No, because we knew the Lord wants to establish His kingdom right here in this city and pull people and get them uh, plugged into the kingdom so they can do great things for the, for the Lord. Amen? So we need to be, as he went on to say this, we need to be strong and courageous. I'm telling you, today's not a day to look back and say, you know, I wish today's a day to look forward. Today's a day to know what? There's another. Listen, because I'm telling you right now, let me just go ahead and tell you real quick. There will be battles. Promised land is not resting. Promised land is possessing. It's possessing. We rest when the work's done. Work won't be done till Jesus shows up. We are to occupy till he comes. So you understand this. Joshua, hallelujah, man. They, 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 he hit that thing with a mantle and, and the Jordan River, you know, pulled back just like when Moses himself had, uh, done the Red Sea. He did the Jordan at flood stages. They went across that thing, man, with the, the ark and they get to the other side and the very first place they come to is the most fortified city in the land. I'm telling you right now, don't be delusional. And don't be deceived that just because Pastor Mark and Ashley are here, that all of a sudden everything's just going to line out. No, there's going to be battles to face and be won. Yes. Amen. And they're going to be won. And he's going to have to be strong and courageous. In the face of adversity, he's going to have to look at it and say, No, I heard God. God said to do this. No, we're going to stand. And when we've done all to stand, we're going to stand because this thing's going to come through. No, be strong and crave. If we'll follow the Word, if we'll never deviate from being a church that loves the Word of God, which is full of the power of God in His Spirit, because you can't separate those two. The Holy Spirit will only say what the Word's saying and will only act on what the Word's saying. And if we do this as a church body, which I know will take place here, then when we stand against those fortified cities or those things that are trying to lock us out, no, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We're going to march up in there and we're going to take territory in this town. We're going to do it. And you understand, we're not doing it alone because there is something that's taking place in this city and in New Macau that has not taken place with an Anchor Faith Church before because Anchor Faith Church first had to start in St. Augustine. But since then, there's support. There's support. And you won't be in them alone. And man, if we got to send people up to accomplish it, we'll do it because I know if we got to get them sent down... They're going to come our way. Amen? Because we are one big family. We are embassies in different territories, but we all represent the same government. It's the government of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And we're here to support and encourage each other and be strong and courageous with one another. We're going to be staying in the Word, and we are going to have great success. He told him in verse 8, he said, For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have success. If you will keep your focus on the Word of God, you recognize all leadership before this time is considered dead, and I'm standing behind this man and this woman and this church and this ministry, and I'm going to find my fit and do my part in that place that God has me. Whatever it is, I'm going to find it. I'm going to get in it. I'm going to do that part. Not every part's the same. It's different. Not every part's the same. I'm, I'm believing I'm going to show up here and Kobe's going to be playing that guitar. Man, he's going to be out there tearing it up. Because there was a reason why he got that thing. Amen? And it sang tonight with somebody else's hands, but in a month or two, maybe six months or whatever, it's going to sing in another man's hands. Come on now. What part do you have to play? We're going to find it. 
He's going to pull it out. He's going to find potential and pull that thing out of you. And when you put God's Word first and you put those things behind you and you say, we're going to rise tonight and we're going to move on with what God's called us to do, then your way is going to be prosperous and you're going to have great success. And we're going to hear of this church taking territory. Taking territory. I'm not looking to hear that the church is running 700, 1,000, 2,000. That's not success. Right? Valdosta Lounge, they played this past weekend, correct? I hate to bring that up. Derek, right? And how many people you think were <laughs> how many people were in the stands? Don't take much to get crowds. Just because the church has a crowd doesn't mean what the crowd's hearing will set them free. Now that doesn't diminish the fact that God wants a crowd. Because I can tell you right now. Don't get comfortable with this group. Don't get comfortable. This church is beginning, which means it will increase. You've got to always be wanting to bring someone else in, bring another one in. Listen, we're beyond this room already. I mean, we already got our eyes set beyond this wall. I mean, we already got our eyes starting to move into other territory. I mean, we're already thinking beyond our location, but we're going to be faithful in the location we're in. We're going to steward it well. But we are, the vision is bigger than what we're in right now. And you stay hooked up, you're going to see some multiplication. I'm saying right now, you'll hit 100 pretty quick. You'll hit 100 quicker than you think. But again, the number is not what makes you successful. The fact that you choose to be in the place that God's called you to be, you're successful. I called Arnell and Vanessa, and I told them, I said, listen, tomorrow when you do church, I don't care who shows up. You're successful because you answered the call and you're there. Your success is not based upon your first crowd. Your success is not based upon whether 100,000 show up your first service or one. It doesn't matter. It's successful because you've shown up and you're going to continue to persevere. This church is successful because the church was planted and now the pastors that God's called and ordained for such a time as this is here and it's going to prosper. And there's going to be things that are going to be different. He's going to have to do things to get it to where it needs to go. And when he says, listen, I believe the Lord's saying we need to do it this way, I'm telling you, you need to hook up. You need to hook up. There's going to be things that there's certain meetings and development and training and stuff. I mean, we just don't let people just pile in. I mean, there's there's time. I mean, I was in again in a leadership meeting before I came here with one layer of leadership. I mean, it's not even my pastors. It's a whole other layer. And we're ministering life to them and we're speaking in them. We're drawing the word out of them and we're drawing things out of them. And we're spending time. Why? Because there's a way to do it God's way so that people are being impacted. And he's going to bring these things. Why? And he's going to bring you stuff. Why? So that you can prosper and be successful. I'm not talking about worldly success. I'm talking about godly success. Because godliness has great gain. Hallelujah. So I believe the Lord wanted me to say to you tonight, it's time to arise. It's time to take, get up and take this city. It's time to decide... That every church experience before is dead. Even with this one. Even with this one. Because tomorrow is a whole other day. It's a whole other thing. This man and woman will be a better pastor in five years. They'll be a better pastor in five years. Okay? Doesn't mean they're not good ones now. But they'll be better because just what they'll go through. Just what they'll have to learn and, and, and the experiences and the trials, and they'll be better as a result of it. 
Do you understand um, if, if Pastor Marcus was just, say, someone in our church, he's not actually on a pastoral staff, but if he makes a mistake, I go to him and I try to correct that. I want to see him be restored. I believe in him. We're patient with people all the time. But it's amazing how many people aren't pa- patient with the pastors. Pastors ends up not doing something just right. All of a sudden, oh, forget about you, and then they want to jump ship and go somewhere else. He's going to be a better pastor in five years. Now, I'm not saying you're going to find mistakes and failures. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if you see something you think could be better, well, then be patient with him as he's patient with you. Be patient with his wife. And let me tell you something. Don't hold his wife to a standard just because she's a pastor's wife. Don't do that. Don't do that. She's a mom. She has a son. She's going to spend time with that boy. She's not required to come up here and sing a song and play the piano and teach you the Word of God. Now, if that happens, great. But if that's not the anointing that she's going to walk into, she's going to walk in the anointing to love her husband and take care of her son and be a mom, that's a great anointing. Come on, mamas, you know what I'm talking about. Don't put her in some pastor's wife box. Don't be trying to critique her hair and worry about what she's wearing. Amen. But she ain't going to come in here like no hoochie mama. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. I love these people. And I'm telling you right now, I'll be here to defend them like that. Quick. Quick. Why? Too much time. Too much investment. I've seen too much. I'm just telling you right now, they love you. And they love this ministry. They've been destined for this. And I know what it's like to get into your destiny. It's awesome. There ain't nothing like it. Tonight's the time to rise. There's great people. It, it's Pastor Meredith asked her husband, she said, is it bittersweet tonight? He said, no, nah, it's just sweet. And it is. It's just sweet because I'm really not going anywhere. I just won't see you as often. That's all. I'm still connected. Now, some of y'all I may see after we whip y'all bad. Other than that, <laughs> we put Georgia down. You understand what I'm talking about? I hope so. My confidence level's kind of waned over the last couple of weeks, so I must admit. <laughs> but it, there's no bitter. It's sweet. I mean, I was so excited to come, not because we're done, but because we've accomplished. I told Pastor Mark, I said, this is what I want to do, man. I, I, this, is my, this was my goal. This is what I knew the Lord wanted me to do. He wanted me to keep the light on. He wanted me to restore the people that remain. He wanted us to get more people. He wanted us to be able to turn some things financially and, and, and start fresh. We've done it. It accomplished it. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're moving forward. Tonight's the time to rise. I'm telling you, you, I can't speak for every church, but I can tell you, you're probably in the greatest church in the city. Because they're not one better. They can be equal, but they can't be better. They can't be better. They can only be equal. Because this is the house that God's building. Because if the Lord builds a house, unless the Lord builds it, you labor in vain. The Lord's building this house. He's doing this thing. Amen. And we're going to go places. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's time to arise. It's time to be strong and courageous. It's time to stay connected to this thing in the Word so that we will see it way be prosperous and successful. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Man, that makes me want to stay here, but I can't because I'm destined somewhere else right now. Amen?
But I'm telling you, I, I, I love Anchor Faith Church. I love the vision. I love everything about it. And I love you. And this man and this woman, they're anointed. They're ready. They're ready to do this. Do not despise their youthfulness. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay? Paul said this. I'll close you with this. In Philippians, he said, He said, I could only send you Timothy, for he's the only one who's like-minded. The rest that are with me seek their own interests. That means there were people around him that he couldn't send to check on the welfare of the churches he's established because if he would have, they would have went down there and just wanted to have their own work and puffed themselves up even though they were around Paul. Paul. But he said, I can send you Timothy because he's he's genuinely concerned about your welfare. Okay? Now, I'm not here to say that we don't have people that can do churches in our congregation. But I will say this. This man is a Timothy. He was faithful with the vision, him and his wife, to run it within the boundary set by the vision. And he was supportive, and he did exactly what we needed done. This man did it. He humbled himself and walked in it. He was, I could send him, and I knew that he would represent what I would say even though I wasn't there. See, now God has to give me that same kind of gift back into the church in St. Augustine because we've released a great one. We really have. And he and his wife are with you and he has great people around him. He has great people around him. See, you've come because you're destined for greatness. You're destined to usher in the the return of Christ. Listen to this now. You're destined. Do you know why? Because John the Baptist preached a message before Jesus was on the scene as far as launching him out. John the Baptist preached, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he brought in the Messiah, Jesus. Do you understand? We're preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we are doing the word that will cause Christ to come the second time and return for his church. You are in that right now. You're in it. And man, you want to value that and recognize you are in the Word of God that will usher in Jesus. I can't say He's going to be here in your lifetime. I can't tell you that. But we're closer than anyone's ever been. So I'm standing before great people. People with a great assignment. People that God has collected upon in this city to do something great. Amen? Kurt and Cindy, it's a good thing you moved. Because there's a fit for you here. There's a place for you here. Amen? I'm telling you, you're glad y'all showed up a few weeks ago because you're in something great. And y'all who did not run away, you're stronger for it. You didn't let the devil steal your gift. You didn't do it. You're stronger people for it. You didn't buy into the lie. You're stronger. And because of this, this ministry will continue to excel and move forward. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you.